Hey world, it's the real Rob Taylor here at Pomona Rocks. The Battery Farm are a gutter punk quartet from Manchester whose harshly crafted sounds are reflecting the ferocity of their live shows. Their new album Flies is going to be released on November the 18th with the album launch party in Manchester the following evening. I caught up with frontman Ben and his brother and guitarist Dom at the Rosen Monkey in Manchester and I began by asking them... Is it The Battery Farm or is it just Battery Farm? The Battery Farm. The, the, battery, farm. the battery Farm. Yeah, it's a... It's a, a lot of people like Battery Farm. I don't. It's a bugbear of mine, that. <laughs> yeah. It's a real fucking bugbear. <laughs> well, we'll just call it. It's, 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 it's like, the, that's not a name, right? Uh, <laughs> and then you feel like you're being pedantic because you're like, oh, it's, it's only a... The. Battery Farm feels like you're throwing it out, you know what I mean? It feels... Uh, what's the word? Like a project. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It feels frivolous. It feels like a frivolous throwing out of our name. And <laughs> No, it's, it's just like a, the sort of... It's, it's, a, it's a statement and it's and it's a monolith yeah, and it, and it gets in your way and it casts a shadow over you which is I suppose I suppose the idea really to, to, to conjure up that immediate feeling of like fuck they're in the room <laughs> whatever that means <laughs> oh there they are the the there they are the I see yeah okay so you're, you're, you're unique in that sense rather than uh, it's the best. Yeah, yeah I, suppose, I suppose so. I suppose so. I suppose so. Well, it doesn't really matter. That yeah, much, does it, it? doesn't really matter. Maybe it sounds mad wanky. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, it sounds mad wanky. I'm just overthinking. <laughs> yeah, but like, but the, the, that was know. the intention, though. Like, it, it was always because it, it, it's like you said, it doesn't stop with it. When you say battery farm, like I said, it feels like a pro, like a side project right. for whatever reason. Maybe I don't know why. Just that's just like in my brain. But like, so where did the name come from then? Because clearly, there's um, uh, you know, you, you, the, there has been some thought put into it. But I don't know. Yeah. If that was before or after you chose the name. It's one of his lyrics, actually. Um, yeah. So uh, in the first, so on the second EP, there's a song called "When the Whip Goes Crack," and uh, that's a very old song. So that's one of our earliest that we wrote me and him to start this band, The Battery Farm. We, we initially practiced it with our old band, but then we, that just fell apart, so we were, we were sort of rooting about for a name, and I, there's a lyric, ham after ham, life's a battery farm, and I just said, hey Ben, do you know that lyric in your song, right? That, that might be a, a, a good band, a yeah. band, and then we the just saw, remember exactly where we were, we were in the Willow Tavern in Failsworth. <laughs> and, uh, Blue plaque for that. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Uh, and um, yeah so it came about through that I think the name suited because uh, we were sort of in the midst of uh, dovetailing personal crises at the time like we're, 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 we're brothers and we'd, we'd, we'd sort of obviously we'd known each other all our lives being brothers but we'd also been in this band together before that uh, that had ended really acrimoniously not between the two of us but just in general it was ugly and then there was a lot of other stuff going on as well so it was kind of a it felt like and obviously the world was going to shit and it still is it's gone downhill even since 2018 or 19 or whatever it since was last week. since last week since last week most essentially okay, though, the songs that we were writing very much felt like like a reaction to all that a reaction to all that and and that, the, that name in general seemed to fit the songs that were, yeah, were coming I mean, out of us at that moment it, like it, well. fit, it fit the idea of life closing in on you and feeling trapped and wanting to the songs were a reaction to, to a sort of a, a scream out a, 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 a catharsis a, a fucking visceral reaction to everything we were feeling at, at that point and it was a whirlwind around us uh, that maybe has intensified but we're certainly a lot happier than we were <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so coping a bit better so <laughs> it fitted and I think and I think it was something that, that really encapsulated what we were what we were trying to do and what we were trying to express and luckily has stayed pretty relevant. Yeah. So yeah, the battery farm. 
Cool. So uh, tell us about the songwriting then, because um, uh, Dom, you've already signalled that, uh, that Ben writes some of the songs at yeah. least. Do, do you write all the lyrics? Do you write all the songs? Is it a collaborative effort? Um, I write most of the lyrics. Um, ironically, my favourite Battery Farm song is uh, We're at the Top from our last EP, which Dom wrote the music and lyrics for. Like I, I get one decent set of lyrics every half a decade. So like, <laughs> well, they don't go to waste. They can't yeah, go to good, waste. Which is good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the rest so, of them get burned. I tell you. <laughs> I've seen some shite. Uh, so so the, the, <laughs> I've written some shit, to be fair. Um, but now, this, so the, the way it generally works, and it has evolved a little bit recently, um, so it started off, and I was for sort of about a decade, me and Dominic writing partnership, a la sort of Lever and Stoller or Morrissey and Mara or something like that. That where I'd write the lyrics and Tom would write the music and we'd, we'd bring lyrics and music together and sort of throw shit at a wall until something stuck and then try and structure it around what we'd, what we'd you know the rudimentary ideas that we come up with then take it into the practice room but what we're finding uh, more and more recently is the collaborations really sort of allowing us to expand uh, expand the sound of the band and you know we're, we're putting more songs together with Paul and Sam who are our bassist and drummer in the practice room now uh, Wooden Spoon Number being a prime example yeah. I was just that's basically a jam that's more or less stayed as yeah. it was only with a, a bit of structure sort of running through it so with a chorus and a, and a bridge put through it and it's as we're finding that as the band goes along more and more because we were we were quite close off to the, quite close off to that for a while but more yeah, and more yeah. we're being more receptive more receptive to allowing allowing things to develop organically in the practice room we always used to like to come in with finished songs but we're finding that that's the case less and less as we as we sort of evolve yeah. and to, you can just you can just tell the different like the stuff we're working on in the practice room now we just you can tell that different ideas are coming in different influences are coming in and then it's and it's really taking us in a direction that we wouldn't necessarily have deliberately deliberately gone in but one that feels right okay cool so um so tell me about your lyrics then i mean uh, uh, your your latest single is uh, wooden spoon number um uh, it's hard to be a wooden spoon is the opening line and, um, and the closing line not to sp- spoiler alert but uh, it's good to be a wooden spoon so so where uh, where does this come from what is, it, is this a, is this a kind of analogy is this a, is this some kind of um, you know is it co- a political comment is it a social comment what, what's wooden spoon about I think it's a it's, it's a it's a political comment and a social comment it's, it's whatever kind of comment you want it to be really it's um, so the wooden spoon I, I wanted to write a sort of Roger McGough-esque like nonsense poem with a bit of with a bit of sort of potency behind it so the wooden spoon can refer to any kind of sort of radicalised element so uh, I mean for me anyway you know it's open to interpretation but it, it can it, the wooden spoon is the incel the wooden spoon is uh, the uh, fundamentalist you know what I mean the, the wooden spoon is is anyone who feels sort of ignored or or um Wronged and and, and, and and a sort of let the toxicity of that drip into the their entire outlook on things and, and ultimately obviously in the song The Wooden Spoon anthropomorphizes and kills um, uh, in a pretty violent way and that's kind of it's a it's a comment on that, it's a comment on the development of that psyche. Someone fighting against but ultimately like losing the battle with yeah. like right I'm being, lose being sort of yeah. swallowed up by resentment and and and, 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 and becoming more and more inured to to, to the idea of mercy and and and, and, and uh, empathy and things like that, so it's a it's a comment on that broadly. Um, but also, it might just be a funny song about a wooden spoon that kills. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to take so, it, literally. yeah. If you want to take it literally, you can do what it's. Like, the, the, the beauty of it is of that one is it's one of my favourites because you can pretty much do what you want with it. That's how I sort 
sort of thought about it. But if you want to interpret it any other way, as I suppose with all art, um, it's, it's subjective and it's, it's it's malleable. You can do whatever you want with it. But that's 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 what wooden spoon number means to me anyway. So, tell me about the, your lyrics more broadly then, because the, the thing that's really interesting about that is um, uh, I'm going to guess, uh, and I'm 99 percent sure I'm uh, I'm right in, in saying that it's not uh, autobiographical. No, 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 no it, is, it is not. Um, Some of them are, but that that one, that one is not. That one is not. There aren't that many songs that aren't sort of about the first person. Yeah. You know, about the songwriter in some respect. You know, it's um, in the best possible way a remarkable sort of. Um, uh, uh, Characteristic that makes um, makes the battery farm stand apart Thank from you. most other bands that are here. So, so where does this come from? Um, I'm in a lot. Of, oh, it sounds wanky. This, but I'm in a lot of pain, a lot of time. Uh, not physically, but like I, I sort of <laughs> I live my life in a state of uh, constant uh, tortuous worry. I have, I have uh, heightened anxiety disorder, and I I, I have really, I get really bad bouts of paranoia, and I. Uh, I overthink things and I, I, I think I have some kind of uh, compulsion disorder because like a, a disorder I can't you know, I'm assigning myself disorders but you know I have some kind of compulsion disorder because I can't, I can't I need certainty on things I need to have an answer for something and I worry that it's always my fault if uh, so basically I find I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a, a near constant state of sort of worry and, 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 and fear and fright uh, to one degree or another and so it, it, it's quite tortuous a lot of the time and, it, and I think it comes from that I just sort of it's it's all an outlet and it's all cathartic and it's all it's basically it's just that Frank Sinatra thing it's fucking right what you know <laughs> and I have a nice life you know what I mean I have uh, I, I have uh, a nice family and a, we have a house and I've got a lovely son and wife but um the, the irony of that is that, that I find I find it quite difficult to, to function day to day because because thing because I'm always worried about something or I'm always sort of scared about something or there's always something over the horizon so I'm, I'm it's just reflecting on that and it's reacting to that and there's a lot of stuff like and then obviously that brings about a sense of self-loathing because you feel like you're wasting your life or you're letting people down and it's uh, the stuff like drowning in the black from our second EP um, it is 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 very much in that vein uh, there's things like I am a man which was our second single and, and it's been re-recorded for the new album that's that's very much in that vein so there's there's, there's a lot of that sort of autobi- really raw autobiographical stuff running, running through it um, I don't know why I don't know why I'm like that <laughs> um, well, where do no, the stories come from I think that was the question the thing with this is that it's all been from the start about catharsis <laughs> and it's all from the start been about a sort of visceral expelling of all the poison inside yourself we're about joy ultimately we're, we're, we're about bringing some good to people and if, if, if it gives people and again I write for me really but if it, it, part of that is also a, a nice perk of that is, is relating my experiences can give you know hopefully it gives people something to, to, to relate to and feel less alone over and that might be a bit of a cliche but that that to me is a big a, and I've had it said to me and that's that's sort of a big positive of it for me so there's a lot of autobiographical stuff not from my life more from my mind if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's that's where the sort that's where the sort of that's where that all comes from, and then in terms of story writing, I don't I, I don't, don't really do that much that's sort of story based apart from one and spoon number. 
Skeleton. Yeah, full pit. We got um, so I, I like to I like to sort of piss. So it sounds like a lot of stuff really dark and you know really really serious. But I'm not ultimately day to day like just regularly sort of you know superficially. I'm not a particularly serious person. I'm quite I'm quite happy really minute to minute. Um, but like so the stuff like a full pigeon skeleton line at the side of the road, which was the B side to a working class land. That, um, that's just about the time I saw a pigeon skeleton that was pristine at the side of the road and the stuff like I've never been to Gorton which is which is just about the fact that I've never been to Gorton in West Manchester so there are, t- there are moments of brevity in it that whenever I just feel like sort of being silly or um, or expressing an idea in a, in, a, in a sort of silly way it's, it's handy to be able to tap into and just to explain to uh, to our overseas listeners uh, Gorton is uh, we're, we're in Manchester uh, Manchester's uh, the home of Pomona Rocks um, uh, I grew up here you guys are from which part of Manchester? Uh, Moston Moston ok um, and Gorton Gorton is uh, uh, I totally get never been to I have actually been to Gorton um, but, um, you know but, but I completely understand it because there's plenty of parts of Manchester you haven't been to just because they're, they're not not far away yeah it's just you've never had reason just, to exactly. yeah, that's, exactly. what I thought, that's what I thought that's why I was like that's weird that I've never been I'm, I'm sure it's the same for every what city around the world the other day I had, I had a driving lesson the other day and he made me drive through Gorton and he was a fan of the band and he was like I fucking knew I'd get you one <laughs> and now I've got you so can that's I, that can I can I take something you said there oh that yeah I don't necessarily agree with it Ooh. I don't agree with it okay we're, we're about joy I don't think we're about joy I think that's a tagline isn't it it's, 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 it's a vague statement we're about we're about putting how we feel across whether that's joyful or not, it's not a, when I think my point I think my point was it's more it, it's, it's, about, it's about creating joy for people it's yeah, about, yeah. It's, it's about British yeah, you know it's not, we're not, it's not happy clappy and it's not an idols thing you know what I mean it's not joy as an act of resistance or anything like that it's 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 about fucking giving people some kind of uplift but through this really because a lot of our stuff is about really bleak stuff and it's about it's just about hopefully that gives people some kind of uplift and some kind of catharsis which ultimately translates into into joy that's that's sort of what I meant more thank you for clarifying that because I was <laughs> I was in... Don't you fucking question me. <laughs> oh, well, I bloody will. I bloody will. I'm the eldest. You mentioned your sort of uh, back catalogue. You've been you've been in bands previously. How how long have you been making music, either together or apart? Uh, you, you started when you were... Uh, I started making... So we, grew, we had the same room. We, we shared the same room growing up in that, so I sort of clocked on from, from what he was doing. So yeah, I think you started when you were like 12, my first band was in 2005 where I was 12 uh, going on 13 so yeah and then we've been making music together since I was about 16 2010 2010 yeah 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 so so 12 years 12 12 years just just under 12 years I think we are Um, it's been a long time and we've always always written together and always uh, always had a good understanding creatively really haven't we this point, I, I think I uh, we both say it a lot like it, it'd be difficult to really do that with anyone else. Mm. Like, you know, this level of like uh, 
the freedom to express yourself like that. Like, I, feel, I always feel like if I did it, then I'd also be massively self-conscious about everything I did. Just like to the point where I just like I can't, you know, I can't Like this will be for me. This will be my my last band when it ends because I don't want to, you know. Uh, I've got too much on, <laughs> um, so I don't think I'd want to work outside, like work with anyone else apart from Dom. Really, I've done a couple. Done a couple and I never have to. Yeah, I did never work with anyone else. So I just it's all well, barring the barring people with it, like the sign mates with him. But like I just couldn't. Not, I always just felt right on it. Really. Yeah, it's always just all creatively on the same wavelength. Uh, we're into the same things. We have the same interests. Without wanting to sound twee, we're best mate. So it like, and it's not always harmonious. Uh, as you've seen hints of just now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but you know, more often than not, it's a really productive. Yeah, like just boiling it down to sort of out taking out the personal stuff. You really, more often than not, it's a really productive, artistic, and, and creative and working relationship. And uh, it, wow, we want to change that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, do you think? Um, just it, it's, it may not have crossed your mind before, but um, you shared a room. Yeah. And, and uh, when you were growing up, as you said, and, and um, do you think that is a kind of um, uh, a factor in that that relationship and how you how you do work together and how you can be completely open and honest with each other because you know I know plenty of other siblings uh, myself included who, yeah. who, who wouldn't be able to do that with uh, with a brother yeah. or sister you know well it's it's I think it's certainly contributed. Yeah, it's, it's, thinking about it, you, you share a room together. It's quite an intimate space, isn't it? And like, there's a lot of things that you'd probably find out about each other or whatever. Kind of a wanky piece, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> that one included also. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, what is that in it? Is like, I'm assuming if you were siblings, you, there was a bit of distance in that way. Like, like for example, we've got a sister. And she had her own room, uh, and as much as we like love her and that, the sort of same, the relationship isn't yeah. quite the same. Yeah. The dynamic yeah. isn't quite the same yeah. so because we've grown up together. Like I don't know what it is, whether it's daft stuff like. You can't have a wanking piece. <laughs> or you like it's it's just stuff. Or like, you see, or, or he'll put a CD on, or put music on, and I'll just I'll be there. I, I think you get exposed to each other's tastes, and I think you sort of learn to love the same things because you, you obviously when you're a teenager, yeah. like, you spend so much time in your room, so it's it's close quarters, and it and, and it that sort of bonds you bring you together as well. And you're obviously you know that stuff like playing on PlayStation together and personally though, as staying well. up talking about Star Wars yeah, all night and stuff that, like that. I always feel like it. Look, thinking about it. it it's, it's that space to have like conversation endlessly like I remember talking to like laying there like me and him in like bunk beds just like talking all night it's on bunk yeah pecking me mum's head like oh my stepdad are coming just get to sleep because <laughs> we just end up like talking about shit all night and you forget how loud you're being yeah because <laughs> you're like because you're like listening to each other and, it, and it's that sort of like that's what I mean by it's like that intimacy where, what you don't necessarily get outside of it and that's why in later life I guess you become really good mates you have an understanding of each other then, then you can then if you are like artistic you can then you don't feel ridiculous like exposing that side of yourself to, to somebody who already knows was it like and then you go on to wild international success which is the main thing is that, is that what you're aiming for <laughs> I know I don't know what we're aiming for we've, to be honest we've spent so many years uh, taking it all 
very bloody serious far too seriously that the, with the battery farm the main thing has been first of all catharsis but also concurrently to have a sense of enjoyment about it and just to sort of like have fun and that sounds frivolous uh, and ironically though that's that's kind of like that's allowed it to become more successful than anything we've yeah, before which is weird just, <laughs> you're not try, it's not so try hard you know you find with the Madding crowd which was the old band you, you find I look back now and it's like god you're trying too hard mate you're fucking why you, oh god trying too hard to be unique or whatever or, or show everyone what an intellectual you are and all that sort of business and it's just point and it just kills you off and also like committing to doing everything and, and sort of saying yes to everything and thinking that really, like we work really really hard on this and but we don't we know when to take a step back now uh, and uh, we know when to sort of prioritise our health over over the band or, or, or whatever else and back then we, we, we didn't and uh, I suppose it just as you get older and you, you have experiences and you, you, you learn from that it, it allows you to protect yourself a bit more what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, are you uh, looking for uh, international success? Oh right <laughs> fucking hell uh, so uh, so to get to the point um, it allows you to protect yourself a bit more so to that to that end eventually <laughs> Uh, we're just taking it as it comes basically and we're just we're, we're looking to grow and grow uh, and fucking move forward all the time that's that's the reason we do everything we do is to just try yeah. and move forward and if um, that entails international success then I'm not going to turn that down but also you know ultimately the main aim is to well, just enjoy just, it yeah. just enjoy it and that sounds trite but that's that's what it is for once, a, for once a small a little cluster of people seems to be interested in what we're doing and um, what we're releasing and stuff so why not just keep trying to build on that yeah yeah as long as it's still fun yeah exactly as long as it still means something then we'll just keep going and see where it takes us excellent I think there's um, from what you've described um, what you've what you've sort of latched onto now is authenticity Uh, because you're doing what you want to do and you're doing it because you want to do it and so and I think that people can smell that Um, (laughs) you know they, they know when when you're if, you, if you're trying to be a commercial success, yeah. then it's a little bit contrived. You know, nobody can blame you for trying, but yeah, wanting but success. I don't yeah, think there's yeah, anything wrong with that at all. Not at all. Yeah, you yeah, know. One of the reasons I set up the podcast is to help bands be successful. Yeah, and I think yeah. a lot of bands are actually a bit ashamed of being successful. Yeah, a bit yeah. kind of like, oh, don't yeah, you know? Uh, and I, and I get, feel like they have to donate everything to charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and I get that. And I think oh, I'm, I'm not ashamed of being successful or anything like that. I don't really care about that. I don't, but I don't really, I don't really care that much about it either I just want to feel like it matters to people you know I hate playing I hate playing dead gigs I fucking hate it everyone does obviously but I really hate it <laughs> so I, I want it to feel like it that's success to me that it that fucking matters to people I don't care how small that sort of thing that, that conglomerate of people is it's that's not the right word but either way um, I don't care how small that sort of section of people is it, uh, if it matters and, and people are interested and, and you know people are hearing what we've got to say then then that that that's success to me. Like and, and and again, like like Dom sort of alluded to, and like you've alluded to yourself, Robert. There's there's no there's no shame in sort of aiming for commercial success or or whatever. It's it's as with everything, it's sort of each to their own. There's there's, there's no point there's no 
not trying to put people down for sort of having having a goal or whatever. Like, who, who, who really cares? Whatever, whatever makes you happy. But that's that's where we're at. Yeah, and also I think if we got to a position where that was a like a like a tangible thing, commercial success, or whatever, I don't think we'd back away from it. I'd be like ashamed of it because we fucking worked hard all our lives to to, yeah. to get people to listen like, to we what we do. Like, but that's that said, it's not. It's, you know, we're not like oh god, you know, we're just doing it for fun. Like we have goals and we have ambitions, and we have dreams and stuff. Obviously, like, but we're. At, I think the. I think the point I'm trying to make is, if, if those dreams don't happen, then we'll. we'll won't kill us you know we were in the old band it would have been oh god it's all or nothing and we'll, this, and we'll be destroyed and bitter if we fail and stuff like that naive, and, and, naive and, stuff and you know fuck all these normies and stuff like that <laughs> and it's just like oh shut up you prick <laughs> fucking hell so like yeah um, y- yeah we're just, we're just sort of taking it as it comes yeah cool and um, so we've uh, we talked about your sort of past and how you how you develop uh, we've talked about international success uh, what's your release schedule what's your what what are you working on at the moment? Um, okay, gigging. Really, I, really I saw busy, you live yeah. a few yeah. weeks ago, which was awesome, which is where, yeah, where I discovered you. Um, oh, and, um, did you see us that last gig that we played? Yeah, Gulliver's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a pretty good gig. That's that's right. Right. That was good. I've, um, I've got a relationship with Morpin. Oh, I, yeah. I was actually uh, all set up for a really nice, quiet night in because I didn't think I'd ever do it. I saw on Instagram, Morpin are playing. I'm like, fucking hell. They were great. Yeah, they are really good. They were No, they were great. Great. Um, it was a really good night all around that actually. Uh, um, but yeah, in terms of what we've got coming up, um, shite loads. Shite loads. <laughs> so we've got, we're, we're in Dog LR in Wales on the 15th of October, which I had never heard of until we were booked for it, so that's exciting. It's near Snow, Snowden apparently. Um, then we're in Liverpool the week after that on the 21st at Jacaranda. Um, and then November, the 19th of November is our album launch gig for Flies. So the debut album Flies, uh, which features Wooden Street number and the working class lab of plus two singles uh, that's out on the 18th of November and then the album launch gig is on the 19th I think there are less than 20 tickets left for it now so it looks like it's going to sell out um, so we've got that coming up uh, and where's that? that's at 33 Oldham Street uh, just, just down the road from us here uh, in Manchester and then, and then um, God, what we got? oh we're supporting Evil Blizzard uh, on the 16th of December um, for Blizzmas at Gorilla we've never played Gorilla before we supported Evil Blizzard uh, in February and they're one of our favourite bands ever um, and yeah it, they've just asked us back and it's fucking great so I'm like I'm well pleased um, so that's going to be good and then into next year we've got um, we've got a very special we've got a tour in February that's I can't say too much yeah, first tour it's a support tour and I can't say too much about it yet just because Final details of being iron now, but that's gonna be really good. Got 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 the like the email from it and it's a big it's a weird it's seen like a, a list, list a list of list sort of dates and you're like, like oh, that's an yeah. yeah. How many so, dates are there? Uh, there are six dates. Six, six dates, dates. okay. Yeah, right. so it's not a mega tour or anything like that. Well, just like UK, UK, Europe. UK, UK. Right. So it's um I don't think there's any Scottish dates, but there will there's a couple of Welsh dates I think on there. So it's England and Wales really. Right, right. <laughs> um but yes and then into next year we've got festivals and other a couple of things we got announced yet but in the main it's the album launch yeah. everything's gearing towards the album launch so now. before the album launch it's a lot of video editing and yeah, like t-shirts and yeah, stuff. There's, stuff. A, there's another single coming out uh, in October as well so we've got to start the prep for that can you give us the name of that? Uh, it'll be Poet Boy uh, which is uh, released so this is well, there's three tracks on the on the album that we've re-recorded from 
from earlier releases. So we released four singles before before we did an EP, and Poet Boy was the last of those four. It's actually the last the, shooting the video for that was actually the last thing me and Dom did before lockdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's re-recorded. It's it's bigger. It's gnarlier. I think the the, the re-recorded tracks are a reflection on how we've grown as a band. They're a lot faster and meaner and raw, raw yeah. but they're also better produced. So it's like it's uh, so that's the both worlds really. So that's yeah, that's gonna be the well, next it, one. It fits into the like the. It, we were saying like the, the ones that we re-recorded. Initially, we were kind of like, is it just a bit of a cop out? But then we we're like, no. If you think about it, the the, the thematics of the album and, and what imagery the the sort of album is trying to like conjure. A lot of the songs now, two years down the line, sort of grown that that they've, yeah, grown, they've, they've grown. morphed and it's like sort of decayed into this thing, this this like this beast that's like a bit more telling of, of that album that we've just recorded. So it's like you know what we've got, why not? It fits. Like. I think the other thing to consider is the thing that I always consider is every song has its moment. So those, so the first single released is called 9791 That's not on the album. Then the subsequent three singles are they've been re-recorded for it. And and that's because hey, the, the recordings weren't good enough they weren't well produced enough they just, we weren't as good as we are now and those songs deserve better because of that really um, so the, for purely sort of superficial reasons that's why they needed to be on there but, but also as Dom says they really they fit beautifully with everything that we're trying to express on this album and as you just heard the Battery Farm's new album Flies is out on November the 18th on Rare Vitamin Records thanks to Ben and Dom from the Battery Farm for taking the time to talk to me and thank you for listening The Real Rob Taylor on Pomona Rocks. This has been a Reads More production for Pomona Rocks. Everything you hear on Pomona Rocks is protected by copyright. All tracks played are included with the express permission of the copyright holders. All rights reserved.